the Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. singer, writer and choreographer Kurt Phelan cannot remember a time that he didn't want to be a performer, despite the almost non-existent art scene of the small Queensland town where he grew up. Many will remember his starring role as Johnny in the Australian tour of Dirty Dancing, but since then he's been establishing his career in the Big Apple. His career now spans two continents as he lives the troubadour life travelling between New York and Brisbane. Streets of Your Town catches up with him today at his favourite slice of Brisbane, the Hello Please Vietnamese restaurant and bar at the buzzing Fish Lane in the middle of the city. I have been a bit of a jet setter, it's kind of crazy. Uh, a few years ago I was invited to New York with a cabaret I'd written called Feel and Groovy, pun intended, <laughs> um, and uh, then from there I started kind of putting some, uh, like meeting some people and getting interested in New York. And then I, I fell in love with, an, with not just a city, but with yeah. a certain American. And um, I've, I've been going back and forward, and um, I'm in the middle of applying for my O1. And here yeah. comes our rosé. Oh, thank you. thank you. Beautiful, hospitable. Hello, please, rosé. Cheers. Mm, lovely. So, um... You didn't start off in Brisbane, though. You sort of mentioned that. You're not really a Brizzy boy to begin with, are you? No, I'm from um, well, I'm from a little town called Ayr, actually. I was born in Ayr, and then I moved to Townsville when I was um, 11. How long have you had this dream of being on stage? Was this something that was with you for a long time, even in Ayr? Yeah, I've never wanted to do anything else, ever. Uh, I saw, you know those uh, MGM documentaries called That's Entertaining? Yes. Yeah, so I saw that (laughs) when I was a little kid. Uh, My mum was a ballet teacher and my sister was a great dancer. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to be Gene Kelly. That's all I ever (laughs) wanted to be. Um, And my first musical was Singing in the Rain. So I kind of... That's right. And that was only a couple of years ago now. Oh, no, I was in the 2000s. Okay. Yeah, I was in the one with Todd McKenney and Rachel Beck. Yes. Yeah. Um, And uh, sadly missed out on Gene Kelly to Adam Garcia, but that's okay because Adam Garcia is Adam Garcia. (laughs) You know, it's good to come second to Adam. (laughs) So uh, that's incredible. And how did you make that dream come from air is was it a move from air directly to brizzy or? Uh, no we went to townsville because mm-hmm. the high school in air closed its art department so mum and dad were like well let's just move to townsville so from townsville that's I did, great they were so supportive yeah and um we kind of grew up uh it was a mango farm where we grew up and um I'm highly allergic to mango blossoms, so it was, it was, and Dad had a business. You had too many of them. Yeah, absolutely. I can't eat them now. I will not eat a mango. Too much, it's such a strong flavour too. Oh, it's full on. Um, But yeah, and as soon as I, I I did a tap workshop with a guy called Drew Anthony, and um, he said to me, you need to go straight down to 
in Sydney, and I did, and that was basically how it all happened straight away. Yeah. Straight into it, and it's almost like we're in a little slice of New York now with these trains going past and the loud music and Fish Lane, and oh. I mean, this is quite a new phenomenon for Brisbane, really, getting a bit groovy, isn't it? Yeah, hello, please, yeah. Um, I'm Fish Lane. It's just, this little lane is such a slice of what Brisbane means to me, I suppose. It was this... It's really like it started with two or three places, Julius and these guys, and now it's just blossomed. And there's like La Luna all the way down, which is a wine bar, and like there's about seven or eight venues all on this street. And now the Brisbane City Council has like uh, given all these artists spaces to paint and oh, thank you, and oh, spring rolls. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, and so all of those beautiful things are now coming to Brisbane. And I feel like that's what, that's the, the little like colossal moment that Brisbane's having. People are realizing that it's bloody beautiful. And the weather's always great. It may rain for like half an hour, but that's the tropics. So that's why you brought us here to Fish Lane. Absolutely. And it was funny, of course, before we, we've uh, survived the Armageddon. It was raining a bit before and all half of Brisbane evacuated, but. Uh, now we've got all these empty tables yeah. here at the bar. It, it, um, it separates the weed from the chaff, as we'd say up north. You were saying Brizzy people are a bit afraid of the rain, from what you've seen. Petrified. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, you know, growing up in the country, you know the rain is is only going to st- stick around for a bit, but people, like, freak out. And run. I'm like, great. Get the golf up, brothers. Wow! <laughs> um, so, yes, back to New York. Thinking of, of New York. So you're still travelling back and forth. This is the life of an actor these days. You can kind of live transcontinentally, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I got my first kind of... Um, vision into it when I, I've got a man, manager over there and I was auditioning for um, a TV series actually I mean I can talk about it now because it, it's years ago um, it's called Under the Dome and it was a Stephen King book that was a series and I was auditioning for the main role called Barbie um, seriously his name is Barbie and um, I did about six or seven auditions back and forth and never ever went to America at all. And then my final audition... So how, uh, did, how did it work? Like Skype kind of thing? Uh, I would, they would send me the brief and what they wanted and I put down a video a tape in my own room. Mm. You, we've all kind of got a self-tape studio. Yeah. Um, I recorded it and I sent it to him and then I got through to the next round and the next round. And my final round, if I got past that, there would have been three people mm. and they would have flown us to L.A. Um, and my final round, in the last day, I recorded it. I stayed awake until well into the morning because then they were awake. And one time the director said, oh, it's really great. Can he be a bit more vicious? And then the next time, and I shot it, sent it back within an hour. And then he said, oh, actually, can he just wear uh, a button-down shirt so we can see his chest? <laughs> and then I recorded that. And then they said, oh, just get him to do um, a chat to camera. So they basically held an audition that would take maybe an hour over the space of five hours, and I could record it and tinker with it and send it back. Now, even ten years ago, that would have been on VHS or a CD-ROM, and it would have taken (laughs) years. So, I mean, that's how you you can do it overseas. But now I'm on the next level where I'm actually going to New York, and I'm in the middle of applying for all my visas. Yep. Um... 
which is is very hard because yeah. you're yeah. well, you've got to, you've also got to go through all of your stuff that uh, all of I don't read reviews right that's um, your rule yeah because if you believe the good for your stuff sanity? yeah if you believe the good stuff you've got to believe the bad stuff yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had some great things written about me and I've had some really horrible attacking things written about me um, I <laughs> it's part of the game. I yeah, I mean, doing playing Johnny in Dirty Dancing, I knew it was going to be right. But when I was, I was called the best actor, uh, Australia's newest leading man, in the same sentence as them saying that I wasn't nearly attractive enough to play the role, <laughs> and then I had a killer body, but I just wasn't handsome. Oh! And I and I'm reading this, and I haven't read it in four years. And I'm reading, I'm going through all my press to like put it in a package to send to my lawyer, and and I'm like, holy shit, I'm ugly. <laughs> and this is at the same time as with the hashtag phenomenon. Of course, the hashtag I've seen of the new hue on yep. a few of yours as well. Yep. So goodness, well, you've had the full gamut. The new hue is interesting because I um, mm. meeting managers in New York, uh, they don't have time, and nor do they care. <laughs> Uh, and it's something to get your head around that uh, they may they may really like you, but they're like, come on, quick, I've got a meeting, let's go. And one of them said to me, what's your sentence? And he was like, I don't have time, I'm terribly sorry, what's your sentence? And I was like, oh, um, uh, uh, Hugh Jackman's getting old, I want to be the new Hugh. And he was like, well, there's your new hashtag, the new Hugh. And so it is. <laughs> so that's my plan, to go to New York and uh, oh, become the new Hugh. So now that we've demolished our spring roll, Kurt, that was amazing. Yeah. Is this one of the things that you miss about Australia and Brisbane? Is is the food comparable with overseas? Oh, I think we're so close to Asia. They don't get they don't get fresh, zappy, beautiful, pristine um, outdoor summer food. Right? It's it's a lot of like. Uh, what I would call contemporary Australian cuisine, like it's a lot of like scallops and I mean, you know big plates on small things. Um, you can't find good Thai food in New York. Oh it's, no, it's so hard. It's everywhere here. It's everywhere, in yeah. Um, but I think the world. I've noticed New York change since I've been coming. Well, mm. since I first went there in '03. It's so different because there's more travel. It's easier to travel and there's a lot more immigration happening. Um, and therefore, our cultures become a, a lot more diverse. So I don't notice the difference that much, but there is quite a big difference in the, the way it's served and how colloquial and fun we are and like, hey man, can I get you anything else? As opposed to, hello sir, well, you know, like, yeah. And I hear, you can confirm or deny this, but I hear that New York is becoming a bit like the new London. This is where Australians go. Have you noticed this trend? Has it got that much yet? Have we got a Earl's Court in uh, New York? Oh, I don't know, because I don't like London. <laughs> um, I don't know. So not quite yet, by the sound of it. They're quite distinct. Yeah, I mean, New York should be a republic. It's, it's really not a part of America. Uh, <laughs> and how's that? Whoa, it's so different. You, even, you just have to get off the island and you notice the difference. Um, <laughs> It's fast-paced. Strangely, people care a lot. Um, maybe that's to do with the new administration. People are banding together. And um, there's a real kindness in New York that I never found before. Uh, in winter, it's snuggly and warm, even because it's freezing. And then in summer, it's like 
it's it's like spring break. I had the I had to kind of go whoa 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 calm down because also in Australia when you pour a drink you have a measure, but they have the joy of free pour. So it got to the point where I was kind of saying to people, can I have a vodka soda? And just a soda. Because <laughs> I, I, I was like, myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it, it definitely is becoming more accessible. My first flight when I went to New York went in 03 cost $3,500. And now you can get flights for eight fifty return if you're smart. Incredible. Yeah. And so it is that much more accessible to, to live this troubadour life that you're living. Totally. <laughs> what about, so what's an easier place to live? Is it New York or Sydney where you lived for a while? Ooh. Um, depends. I I would equate ease with livability. Okay. Um, oh gosh, I wouldn't have thought either of them would be terribly livable in some way. No, they're not in some ways. But in in things are cheaper in New York, believe it or not. Okay. A lot cheaper accommodation, uh, food. You know, um, even shows are cheaper in New York, um, and you can get around easier, and everything you need is right there. Whereas with Sydney, it's very spread out, and it's it's extremely expensive, and it's hard to like most of my friends in Sydney. I notice we're all working so hard day to day to pay our rent that by the time we get to the weekend, we used to party hard, but now you can't because everything closes at twelve o'clock. <laughs> The New Lords, yeah. And Sydney is a bit of a ghost town at the moment, and it's really sad because it's one of my favourite cities, if not my favourite city, because I love the beach. And you can have the beach and you can have that city in one go. But um, the government really has messed it up. And I just did a show at the Hayes Theatre, which is in, in King's Cross. Yeah. How did that go? Oh, it was bloody excellent. I love working <laughs> at the Hayes. It's little and small and intimate. It's in Potts Point. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. It's such a great little family there. It's great to be a part of it. And David Campbell, who is on the morning show and all of that, that's uh, David's little baby with a group of, like, five other people. Um, And David was one of the first people I met when I moved to Sydney and started acting, so it's great to work there. But we finished the show at 11 o'clock, and there's actually nowhere you could go and get food and wine after the show. You'd have to party in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If uh, one night I stayed back and said hello to a few people, and then after that we said, oh, let's go for a wine couldn't get in anywhere and it's really sad you know that does not happen in New York they understand that uh, not everyone is out for trouble and they kind of mediate it and I mean club coming is is such a great uh, vision of that you know you've got this this beautiful space that on a weekend on Saturday is like no tables everyone's dancing um, and then during the week you've got live music and people can get up and sing and it's a real family attitude um, Alan Cumming who owns it with Daniel Nardiccio they've done such a great thing of um, there's no attitude and if you do have attitude that's when you're asked to leave you know it's a really safe space um, if you want to take your shirt off and sing Evita go for it you know <laughs> and that's- I think the I was there. That there was um, a guy singing Eponine from Les Mis, which was, was great. Was it me? It was awesome. No, it might have been. Uh, can't remember that. It was quite an interesting, eclectic evening. Well, that's the thing. It's 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 a real shame that Sydney can't have things like that because it just because of laws. But well, I, and this was the heart of our band culture, really, wasn't it? Was yeah. Sydney in many ways? Yeah, it was absolutely. Um, and it is sad to see that go, but I'm pretty sure it'll come back because it, 
it's too sad to lose it. So um, at the moment, uh, when I went back to Sydney for those few months, I was like, I really miss Brisbane. I miss I miss the casual nature of it. And you don't feel like the naughty kid at school. It's like the headmaster's going to yell at you in Sydney. And it breaks my heart because I love it. Yeah. So has Queensland grown up a bit in the time that you have come and gone and seen Brisbane in between your trips? Oh, absolutely. Queensland's... Queensland's grown up and grown a moustache and, you know, crashed a car and had a few threesomes. (laughs) It's very grown up. Queensland is... It's um, not Joby Elkie Peterson country anymore. Oh, God, no. I mean, Joe's still around in a lot of ways, um, but I think... I mean, I did a show called Joe for PM last year, which was a comedy about his time. I saw that. Yeah. It it was... um, it was great, but I did a bit of research and, geez, some of the things, like, it's amazing what used to happen in Queensland um, and it's really amazing. This is the fastest growing state, absolutely, and it wouldn't surprise me if um, in about 10 years you've got uh, it becoming a real major player in Australia. Yeah. So it's losing that hokey kind of image that it seemed to have for a long time. Totally, but you can still go for dinner in thongs. <laughs> As you are, Kurt, you're selling this. <laughs> you're, you're dedicated to your craft. You're not just a man of words. Um, now, what brings you back to Brisbane? I hear there's a show that is in the works. What can we say about this? Uh, can we talk about any moment? Or? Yeah, we can. Um, I'm recording an album uh, with about 12 other Brisbane artists. We've got Brad McCaw is a local composer. Now, a lot of other composers have to go overseas, um, and he's decided to stay, which is really good. And so um, Lizzie Moore and I have worked together a lot. We did the last five years, and we all met on Kiss Me Kate with the Opera, with Opera Queensland. And um, Brad has written it, and Lizzie's producing it and helping, and um, I'm one of the artists on it. And the hope is that we will eventually do it as a show, and it's just written for four people who play a lot of characters. But being a song cycle, you need to get the songs out there and for people to understand them and, and hear them before the show. So no one's going to come and see a show that's just new music they don't know. So we thought we'd make a, an album first and get it out into the world so people can fall in love with the music and then fall in love with the show. And how's that been going? Good, yeah. We launched it last night yeah. at a concert at Powerhouse, um, another amazing venue, it is in, isn't it? You know, there's nothing in Australia like it. Um, and then uh, they have recorded today and tomorrow I do some backing vocals and then on Monday I record all of my songs. So, so yeah. wow, I can see the excitement in your face that this is like a new, to be part of a new Australian musical. Pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, totally. It doesn't happen very often. I've been involved in so many, I made a career out of making other people's dreams come true, you know? Um, shows come from overseas and they tell you how to talk, where to stand, what to do. Um, I mean, it's... As, as excellent as it was, Dirty Dancing was really controlling, you know, because it has to look a certain way. And there's there's people watching that. Um, and when you create something new, you really get a chance to, like, help it grow and kind of put your own stamp on it and be the first person to play a role, which doesn't happen in Australia much. And it's it's good that we're doing it. So hopefully it takes off. Hopefully it Watch does. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah, so any moment, hopefully. Yeah, 
thank you so much for joining us on the streets of your town, Kurt, and bringing us to the wonderful Fish Lane here in Brisbane. I feel like we've touched on the challenges of the acting life. It's it's an adventure, but it's also got pretty challenging times. How do you write all that out? Yeah, it is hard. I've struggled a lot in my past of worrying about what um, the expectations put on me to succeed. And I think... The hardest thing to do is to try and please people as an actor. Um, you have to just be confident with your own work and, and trust that what you do is the best that you can do. Um, and so quietening the white noise that can happen around it is really difficult because, I mean, uh, I suffer from extraordinary anxiety, which does bring on depression. No from way. Yeah, I do. I'm, I, I know. Is that part of the acting that you can get up and I would never know? Never know. It is. Yeah, I mean, I'm the most comfortable I am on stage. Uh, I am the most nervous going into a room of people I don't know. Like, just hanging out with people, it makes me... Sometimes I don't even go to parties because I'm freaking out about rocking up. Um, and so it's really hard in those downtime and when you don't have gigs to not take that personally and mm. think, what have I done? What, what's wrong? You know, but um, it's really important to, to create two worlds, to be a human as well as an actor. Because if you just kind of become an actor the whole time, you'll burn out. It's like gorgeous, amazing Heath Ledger. You know, he flew too close to the sun. And you, you have to be really careful of that. And I think um, having good training and good teachers has taught me that and a good technique in which I can step away from my work. Yeah. And so at the moment, my focus is... I don't have a job at the moment, you know. Um, my focus is recording this album and getting uh, my visa in line. And then I know once November happens, then I'm on the ball again. Um, but it could be quite easy to be like really down on yourself for I don't have a job you know but you have to focus on your successes rather than your failures I suppose that's extraordinary resilience you must have to develop as an actor yeah and then there's for everything else there's wine <laughs> as we have discovered thank you so much Kurt for joining us on streets of your town it's a pleasure <laughs> that was international performer and the new Hugh Kurt Phelan speaking to us from Fish Lane in Brisbane Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, a.k.a. The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. Stay up to date with the latest episode of Streets of Your Town by subscribing on your podcast app on iTunes or SoundCloud. See you next time. <laughs>